Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. You can find out more. Terrific organization. Take care of our air conditioning. Go to johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Naples Illustrated, bringing you infinite luxury lifestyles. The website is naplesillustrated.com. We have terrific guests for today's show, including Dominique Clemens. She is the operations manager for the Florida Citizens Alliance. To be talking about this great event that they hold uh, for children. We'll also visit with Byron Donalds, a U.S. representative, I should say state representative and candidate for U.S. Congress. We'll visit with Dr. George Markovich, orthopedic surgeon, as well as Naples' former mayor, Bill Barnett. It is August the 5th, and on this day in 1945, the United States became the first and only nation to use atomic weaponry during wartime when it dropped an atomic bomb on the Japanese city of Hiroshima. Approximately 80,000 people were killed as a direct result of the blast, and another 35,000 were injured. At least another 60,000 will be dead by the end of the year from the effects of the fallout. Though dropping the atomic bomb on Japan marked the end of World War II, many historians argue that it ignited the Cold War. Since 1940, the United States had been working on developing an atomic weapon after having been warned that Nazi Germany was already conducting research into nuclear weapons. By the time the United States conducted the first successful test, and that was, of course, in New Mexico in uh, July 1945, Germany had already defeated was had already been defeated. The war against Japan in the Pacific, however, continued to rage. President Harry S. Truman, warned by some of his advisors that any attempt to invade Japan would result in horrific American casualties, ordered that the new weapon be used to bring the war to a speedy end. On August the 6th, 1945, the American bomber Enola Gay dropped a five-ton bomb on the Japanese city of Hiroshima, a blast equivalent to the power of 15,000 Tons of TNT reduced four square miles of the city to ruins and immediately killed 80,000 people. Tens of thousands more died in the uh, weeks following from wounds and radiation poisoning. Uh, Three days later, another bomb was dropped on the city of Nagasaki, killing another 40,000 more people. A few days later, Japan announced its surrender. By the way, I said it was August the 5th. It's August the 6th. I apologize for that. Well, uh, so by comparison, uh, the massive warehouse blast that killed at least 100 in Beirut has also left up to 300,000 people homeless, the city governor said on Wednesday, comparing the devastation to Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Of course, it doesn't, it pales by comparison. If If you've seen the pictures of that blast, you can imagine what the blast must have been like in Hiroshima and Nagasaki. The estimated damage is about 10 to $15 billion. The Interior Minister Mohammed Fami saw a local TV station that it appeared the blast was caused by the detonation of more than 2,700 tons of ammonium nitrate that had been stored in the warehouse at the docks since it was confiscated in a cargo ship in 2014. It sent a mushroom cloud into the sky and rattled windows on Mediterranean outlet of Cyprus about 100 miles away. 
Investigators probing the deadly blast that ripped across Beirut focused Wednesday on possible negligence in the storage of tons of highly explosive fertilizer in the waterfront warehouse, where the government ordered the house arrest of several port officials. Public anger mounted against the ruling elite that uh, being blamed for the chronic mismanagement and carelessness that led to the disaster. The Port of Beirut, by the way, and Customs Office is notorious for being one of the most corrupt and uh, institutions in Lebanon, where various factions and politicians, including Hezbollah, hold sway. The investigation is focused on how 2,750 tons of ammonium nitrate, a highly explosive chemical used in fertilizers, came to be stored in the facility for six years and why nothing was done about it. Hospitals were overwhelmed by the injured. On One that was damaged in the blast had to evacuate all of its uh, patients to a nearby field for treatment. It was the worst single explosion in strike, uh, to strike Lebanon, a country whose history has been filled with destruction from the 75 to 1990 civil war, conflicts with Israel, and periodic terrorist attacks. Lebanon was already on the brink of collapse amid severe economic crisis and the uh, drop in the value of its currency and, of course, the pan- pandemic as well. Tragic what happened to Lebanon. But if you've seen those explosions, it pales by comparison to what happened in Hiroshima. Well, here's a headline in the Naples Daily News. Coronavirus deaths set a record in Collier County in July as cases doubled and tests lagged. That's the headline. As opposed to focusing on what's happening in August, uh, another 153 cases uh, were uh, located in uh, COVID-19 in Collier County with no additional deaths. uh, yesterday, the case total increased to 10,050 with 60,723 tests. COVID-19-related deaths remained at 129. So they're talking about uh, the deaths spiraling out of control in July. Well, there's 129 deaths. And those deaths, by the way, they're associated with COVID-19, not caused by COVID-19. Many of them are people in their 90s. The oldest person was 104. There are 121 COVID patients being treated for Cuyahoga County, and again, that's the focus, is flattening the curve so the health care system is not overwhelmed. And uh, with regard to beds, there's 20% of the beds available and 27% of the adult ICU beds available in Cuyahoga County. Uh, Florida percentages uh, are also uh, good. 22% of hospital beds in Florida and 15% of ICU beds are, are available. The curve has flattened, and all the hype about the number of cases I think we should ignore. And by the way, we're seeing the number of cases flatten or go down. The seven-day moving average is down substantially from the high of about 220 in Collier County. Well, Twitter on Wednesday banned President Trump's campaign from tweeting until they delete a tweet about the coronavirus that the tech company says violates its rules against misinformation. The Washington Post corrected uh, its report that Twitter banned President Trump over his tweet of a video clip on Fox News in which he said children were almost immune from COVID-19. Twitter banned uh, Trump's campaign, not the president's account. And now we know the Twitter official who was first to announce the suspension of the Trump campaign account. His name is Nick Pasilio. And uh, Pasilio admitted it on Twitter. And who is Nick Pasilio? He's the former press secretary for liberal Democrat presidential candidate Kamala Harris. There's something wrong here. And uh, Twitter has no business uh, editing 
what the president says. Well, the president's re-election campaign and the Republican National Committee announced Wednesday that they're having they're filing a lawsuit against the state of Nevada challenging the constitutionality of a recently enacted state assembly bill that would send ballots to every resident arguing that the measure puts the democratic process at risk, which it certainly does. The Nevada Republican Party has joined the suit after Democratic Governor Steve Sisliak on Monday signed a measure passed by the state's Democrat-led legislature that requires county registrars to mail ballots to all registered voters. President Trump in recent weeks is, with the country's presidential election less than 100 days away, increasingly argued that mailing ballots without a voter's request and absentee ballots are done, as, as uh, absentee ballots are done, could lead to voter fraud and only in long delays in vote counts. And that's certainly the case. I think this is wise. You know, when he first announced his uh, his position against mail-in ballots, we've been doing this in Collier County for a long time. I like to mail our ballot in because usually there's something on the ballot that I didn't know about or forgot to look into. It allows me to do a little research before I cast my final ballot. But as he points out, we do that in Florida very well, and we've been doing it for years. And, of course, you have your signature checked. You have to apply for the process. And I think that's what President Trump would prefer than having uh, people just mailed their ballots. Oh, my goodness, some of those people could be dead. They may uh, could be ballot harvesting, people taking the ballots from, from the mailbox and so forth. It definitely it would be a big problem. And again, uh, the way we do it here in Florida, and again, I just a little shout out to Jennifer Edwards and the great job she does here in Cuyahoga County. Uh, uh, that way of doing it, just mailing ballots is wrong, but having uh, applying for the ballot makes all the sense in the world. And by the way, most developed countries, especially in Europe, ban mail-in voting to uh, fight vast fraud and vote buying that has threatened the integrity of their elections, according to an exhaustive review of voting rules and histories in over 30 major nations. So the president stands in a good position here, and I think he'll probably win that lawsuit. But again, we're only less than 90 days away from the election. This has got to be resolved in a hurry. And finally, the Trump's campaign and Republican Party drive to register new voters is chipping away at voter deficit uh, to Democrats in key swing states. The Trump campaign has registered 100,000 new voters ahead of the 2020 election, more than doubling its 2016 number. That, according to a campaign data first reported by Axios, the effort has helped Republican, uh, Republicans cut voter deficits in states such as Pennsylvania, North Carolina, and Florida by tens of thousands of voters, though Democrats still have the edge in all those states overall. As enthusiasm for the President Trump continues to grow, so does the Republican Party. Over 100,000 new voters are ready to cast their ballot for four more years of President Donald Trump. Promises made, promises kept, agenda, and elect Republicans up and down the ballot on November the 3rd. That, according to Ronna McDaniel, she is the National Committee Chairman for uh, the Republican Party. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. Also by Naples Illustrated, bringing you infinite luxury lifestyles. The website is naplesillustrated.com. Coming up, we're going to visit with Dominique Clemens, the operations manager for the Florida Citizens Alliance. So that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Mm-hmm. 
Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Gulf Shore Playhouse, devoted to creating professional New York-style theater at its very best and at affordable prices, presents a fabulous new season of productions beginning in November with a world premiere of a one-man show written by and starring the talented associate artistic director of Gulf Shore Playhouse, Jeffrey Bender. Pinup Girls opens in January, singing a cavalcade of hits inspired by real letters from our troops overseas. Inspired by what they find funny, romantic, heartbreaking, and sexy, the ladies put on a show that celebrate the guys and gals who fight to defend our country. Bang Bang opens in March, written by legendary actor of Monty Python fame, John Cleese. You'll surely be wiping away tears of laughter with this one. William Shakespeare's A Midsummer Night's Dream opens in March. Meddling parents, impetuous young lovers, and cunning fairies collide in Shakespeare's enchanting classic. Another Revolution by Jacqueline Bircher opens in May. You won't want to miss this timely new work about finding hope in one another through the uncertainty of the world around us. What a terrific season of productions. Tickets for this great new season are available now. Tickets start at only $38. Tickets can be purchased by calling the box office at 866-811-4111 or visiting the website golfshoreplayhouse.org. We'll see you at the show. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. And you can get tickets now by visiting the website golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Byron Donalds, candidate for U.S. Congress. Right now we have with us Dominique Clemens. As I mentioned before the break, she's the operations manager for the Florida Citizens Alliance. Dominique, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Tell us about the Florida Citizens Alliance. Sure. Um, so the Florida Citizens Alliance, for um, listeners who haven't heard of them before, was basically a, a nonprofit organization based in southwest Florida. And we focus on um, advocating for students in Florida because we just believe that K-12 education, um, the public school education, has really failed kids. And so we advocate for school choice, parental control, and especially um, the use of vouchers and scholarships so that students can have better opportunities across the state to be able to um, go to the school that's going to fit their needs. And so I've been 
I interned for Florida Citizens Alliance for the past three years while I was studying up at Hillsdale College, and I just graduated, so I came on board full-time with them, and I'm just, I'm so excited about the work that we do. Uh, We were able to get rid of Common Core in the state of Florida last year, and now one of our big um, projects is really working on, uh, you know, how do we actually change the standards and get rid of the textbooks, because Common Core is, in theory, gone, but actually, um, you know, fixing that and getting better standards in the school. Yeah, Dominique, I just underscore again, a graduate of high school here in Naples, went on to to, uh, Hillsdale College, graduated, and now uh, the influence that the Florida Citizens Alliance, because of Keith and uh, Pastor Rick and the others who founded it about eight years ago, uh, have just done a great job of having influence in Tallahassee and making these changes, as you underscored, been very helpful and really at the focal point of changing Common Core to to uh, better standard. I guess it's best standards now, and uh, just doing a great job. So FlorasFLCA.org org or is the website goflca.org so dominique uh, just congratulations to you uh rescuing our children happened uh, july 31st and august 1st i watched about an hour and a half of it it is really fabulous and you did a great job of emceeing the event maybe you could tell us about it thank you yes so florida citizens alliance hosted an event and we partnered up with a woman named ronnie moore in chattanooga tennessee And so it was a day and a half event, and she was inspired by this magazine called Rescuing Our Children by um, The New American. And in this magazine, it's just full of articles, mostly written by Alex Newman, and they're just about the state of education today, and they talk a little bit about, you know, child sex trafficking all the way to how sex ed is grooming our children in public schools. So it was a very, um, a very huge topic to take on. So Ronnie asked us if we would help her put on this event. Um, And so they had 11 speakers um, this past weekend. And I mean, it was just amazing. I really uh, encourage anybody who's interested, you could look up rescuingourchildren.net. And on there, they're going to be having each individual segment posted pretty soon. But you can also right now look up the live stream uh, recording of the whole thing. And um, it really just opened my eyes to what's going on in the schools, the teachers' unions. They kind of traced back, you know, where's the funding going and, and how serious is the sex ed in schools. And it is actually appalling. I couldn't believe some of the things um, that I was seeing. There's a woman, her name is Rebecca Friedrichs, she taught in the schools for 28 years in California. She was part of the teachers' unions, and she really um, opened my eyes to some of the horrific things that children are being exposed to without their parents' consent. Yeah, amazing. So, again, I'm going to refer. I, I'm Actually, I watched about the first hour and a half of the live stream that was recorded. Uh, that is very good. But I, also, I guess I'll be looking forward to seeing the individual segments to, uh, mm-hmm. to watch uh, when, they're, when they're posted. Now, I understand that you've uh, made a video also, a 30-minute video. Maybe you can tell us about that. Yes. So Florida Citizens Alliance also had... Um, a 30-minute segment in the Rescuing Our Children event. And so we put together a 30-minute video. It's on YouTube if anybody would like to go watch. It's called Education in America, How Did We Get Here? And so years ago, 
four years ago now, I did research on the past 50 years of education reform, and that's how I actually got involved with Florida Citizens Alliance um, back my senior year of high school. And for the past four years, I've been tweaking that research, making, you know, edits and and trying to fine-tune it as much as I can because I think this is really important to understand how did we get to Common Core? They were such bad standards, but it definitely didn't just come out of thin air. So that 30-minute video um, traces back how did progressivism get into our education system, socialism get introduced into our education system, um, how long has this been going on? And I think that it opens a lot of people's eyes that Common Core didn't just pop out of thin air. It really was um, the latest in a string of education reform. Absolutely. Going back to the uh, probably the 30s or 20s, of going back for a long time when uh, when government schools were, were initially established. So, Dominique, congratulations to you on your research. And again, uh, the, the website is goflca.org. Org, goflca.org, and the uh, live stream for the event of Rescuing Our Children is rescuingourchildren.net, rescuingourchildren.net. Uh, Dominique, any, any other good scoop? Yeah, the, the last thing um, I would love to share is that um, we're working on a new website. Um, it is available to the public eye. Um, we're just still kind of fine-tuning it a little bit, but We've been working on a parent website because we believe that, you know, we really need um, a website that's just going to be a hub and community for parents who are looking not only to see what's in the schools, um, but also look and find, you know, how can they find out about scholarships? How can they find out more about homeschooling? How can they find out more um, about their alternatives? So we came up with Liberty Scholar. You can find it at libertyscholar.org. And um, it's basically just a hub for parents who are looking for resources, looking for information, and how we can help them. Especially right now with coronavirus, a lot of parents aren't sending their kids back because they're scared of the environment, first of all. And I think they're also realizing, um, you know, what kind of education their kids are are getting. They're they're starting to look at the curriculum and say, oh, my gosh, you're kind of, you know, a lot of kids are falling behind. So I know I've talked to a ton of parents who are keeping their kids home. And so we have all of the resources if you're curious about homeschooling or just, you know, anything we can help you with. Well, I think that's terrific. And parents sometimes feeling isolated and alone, don't know where to go. This will be a terrific tool. And rather than just talk about a bunch of websites and so people get confused, if you go to goflca.org, goflca.org, I'm sure you they'll be directed, right, to the other websites that we've mentioned? Yeah. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Dominique, again, just congratulations to you and everything that you've done. Congratulations to the Florida Citizens Alliance for the great work they're doing. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. My Thank pleasure you. indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with candidate for Congress right here in District 19, Byron Donalds. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Blue 
Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining to choice are the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Do you have an extra auto you'd like to donate to charity? Maximize your tax deduction, support your favorite charity, and help a local child in need by calling Naples Auto Donation Center. Naples Auto Donation Center is a not-for-profit licensed car dealer. Just call NADC at 692-9840 and they'll take it from there. You get a properly documented tax deduction for whatever the vehicle actually sells for. Your designated beneficiary charity gets half the profit after fix-up costs and the net revenue generated by NADC goes to Friends of Foster Children to provide tutoring and other enrichment activities for foster children the government doesn't provide. And NADC is also one of the few places in Collier County that sells inexpensive cars that actually run to folks who would otherwise not be able to afford one. It's a real win-win. Call Naples Auto Donation Center at 692-9840 or visit the website nadckids.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability, creating policies and programs and to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. Of course, during this pandemic, uh, the job has just been increased substantially. There are a lot of other short-term initiatives that the uh, Foundation for Government Accountability is taking taking on right now. And I just encourage you to, I proudly serve on the on the board, by the way, and I encourage you to visit the website, thefga.org, thefga.org. Well, I put in a call to a Byron, wasn't available at the time, but uh, we've got a lot to talk about. Imprisoned leader of WikiLeaks, Julian Assange, has been ordered to testify in a lawsuit concerning Seth Rich's death. Uh, now, you may not, uh, this is a big issue back uh, after the election. He was killed uh, on the streets of Washington, D.C. They called it a robbery, but uh, he had his wallet with him and his cell phone and all those things. He's, uh, Assad has consistently denied Russia was behind providing DNC emails to WikiLeaks. Seth Rich was murdered after the leaks became, began in Washington, D.C. The police called it a robbery. However, his wallet and other valuables were not taken. Many believe Rich was the DNC leaker. Uh, I I happen to believe that as well. I think he was taken out by somebody from the DNC, and I'm very glad they're reopening this case. Actually, uh, Sean Hannity was making this a big, big issue, and uh, the word came out that his parents did not want this to happen. Uh, Sean apologized, and this issue's gone away. But now Fox News has gone to the uh, Hague, is it the Hague court? Uh, court? 
Uh, now I've forgotten, but but in any event, uh, they've got for international purposes, they now have issued about 28 questions that they want Assange to answer, uh, so that uh, they can get to the bottom of what happened. I'm so glad that they're reopening this issue because it it just. Boy, it just looks very, very suspicious to me, and I'm happy that his parents uh, have allowed this to continue. By the way, Fox News, to their lasting credit, is uh, paying all the costs in order to open this investigation with Julian Assange. So if you're a politician who's trying to appeal to the left, you must always remember that they think of themselves first and foremost as what? Victims. Victims of society, victims of male privilege, victims of whiteness. Whatever the case might be, all the problems in the world are the direct result of oppression by the other, with capitals, the other. Uh, Lefties are helpless targets. Nobody in the world has ever suffered the way they have, and they must be rescued by, well, whoever wants power over them. So if you want your perpetual victims to vote for you, then you need to speak their language. They hate their fathers, so you need to become their new daddy. (laughs) So the hard truth is women, and particularly women of color, have never had a fair shot to get ahead of this uh, in this country. Does that sound familiar? It sounds like uh, our presidential candidate, Joe Biden. That's why today I'm releasing my plan to make sure women can fully participate in our economy and country. Anytime a politician prepares you for hard truth, get ready for some serious, well, you know what. Here's a bit of the Biden agenda for women just posted in in uh, his page. Joe Biden is going to build our, our country back better after the economic crisis that includes ensuring we get closer to full inclusion of, uh, and equity for women. Women, particularly women of color, have never had a fair shot to get ahead in this country. I guess she wants to exclude people like Oprah and others. Anyhow, today too many women are struggling to make ends meet and support their families and are worried about the economic future of their children. This according to Joe Biden now on his platform. Uh, This was true before the COVID-19 crisis, but the current global health crisis has exacerbated these realities for women, said Biden. It's funny that Joe Grandpa Hansi Biden is trying to appeal to women this way, but the Chinese virus has really benefited his campaign because it's been months since he was caught on camera rubbing himself (laughs) all over other women and and, uh, sight like a huge creep. Some voters might have already forgotten what a repulsive... (laughs) (laughs) guy he is spelling women's hair and all that type of thing but this paternalistic garbage should appeal to the sort of feminist and male feminist who actually believe america or soon will be the handmaid's tale if you think your failures in life are the fault of some vague group you've been chosen to hate in this case white men like joe biden then you'll gladly take on what's given to you by someone who claims to care about you so he's Remember the remark, uh, you know, if uh, you ain't voting for me, you ain't black. And now uh, women don't have a fair shot, so uh, we we have to make sure that they get a fair shot. Again, treating everybody like a victim. And then, of course, appealing to what? The emotions as opposed to the reality of the situation. It's a sad, uh, sad commentary, really. But this is ex- basically what the platform is. And it's divorced from reality, frankly. Really divorced from reality. You take a look at what's happening in Portland, Oregon right now, and all the violence, Antifa, and you may recall yesterday there was a a subcommittee meeting from the Senate and couldn't get uh, some of the senators, Democrat senators, to admit that there was violence among the Antifa uh, participants. 
It's just really uh, unbelievable. Well, presumptive Democrat nominee Joe Biden put Republicans on notice this week. If you use the filibuster to stymie his agenda, you'll lose it. It's going to depend. Remember what the former president said? He said, uh, you know, this it is uh, uh, created, the filibuster was created by uh, the Republicans, and it's racist. Well, of course... President Obama voted to uh, retain that uh, the, the uh, filibuster. So interesting. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Dr. George Markovich. He is my orthopedic surgeon. He replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I'm so grateful that he did. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs> Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. For the best in food and drink as well as great live entertainment, go to the Dog 2 Sports and Music Bar. Formerly known as Weekend Willie's, the Dog 2 Sports and Music Bar has terrific new local owners offering a great new upscale decor and a fabulous new menu. Linda and I are weekly regulars to hear live blues, but you can stop by anytime for great food and drink, to watch your favorite sporting event, or to hear great live entertainment five nights a week. The Dog 2 Sports and Music Bar is located at 5310 Shirley Street, just off Pine Ridge Road, and it's open from 11 a.m. until close every day. Visit the website dogtoothnaples.com or call 431-7004. That's 431-7004. I hope we'll see you there. Did you know St. Matthew's House operates the only emergency homeless shelters in Collier County? St. Matthew's House provided more than 500,000 hot meals to those in need last year, and since 2010, 527 men and women have graduated from the St. Matthew's House Justin's Place Addiction Recovery Program. For over 30 years, St. Matthew's House has provided innovative solutions to fight homelessness, hunger, substance abuse, and poverty in Southwest Florida. And you can help St. Matthew's House in this life-transforming work by patronizing the St. Matthew's House Thrift Stores, Cafe M25, Car Wash and Detailing Center, and award-winning catering operations. For more information, visit stmatthewshouse.org. That's stmatthewshouse.org. St. Matthew's House is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization and does not solicit government funding. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. I do want to do a little shout out to uh, Lula B's Diner, who do such a great job of supporting St. Matthew's House. Uh, Lula B's Diner is located in the Green Tree Shopping Center, and they serve great lunch and breakfast. So uh, stop by the Green Tree Shopping Center. Again, Lula B's Diner, they do a great job. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Right now, we have with us my orthopedic surgeon, Dr. George Markovich. He replaced both my knees in 2006. I'm so grateful he did. I was in such pain. I actually grew, I think, about a half an inch because I was so bow-legged, deformed <laughs> because of my, my problem with my knees. And uh, now they work great. So, doctor, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure, Bob. I was glad I was able to straighten you out. <laughs> yeah, you certainly did. So I understand you've been doing some traveling. I'd love to talk, talk to you about uh, coronavirus and just to get your thoughts about what's going on right now. But uh, since I know you've been on the airplane and you've been traveling across the United States, uh, any, any comments and thoughts? 
Well, yeah, I, I got together with a great friend of mine who I've known for over 30 years from my MIT days. He's an engineer that's devoted his life to making surgeons get better results. And, uh, you know, I've been so blessed to know him, you know, personally and professionally. And, mm. and uh, you know, we, we caught up with each other and hiked miles and miles and miles. He's very passionate about it. I'm somewhat of a novice, and I had a fantastic time unplugging and, and looking at some amazing things on the High Sierra Trail. When I came back to civilization in California, uh, it, you know, we started in California and ended up walking to Nevada. Wow. And the, the disparity between the states in terms of how they perceive, you know, coronavirus and, you know, issues uh, related to it was, uh, you know, quite interesting. Um, and then I had a chance to, you know, sit at the airport and watch, uh, you know, uh, an interview with Anthony Fauci, which I found very interesting. I think that, you know, he, he glossed over uh, in about 10 seconds 40% of the cases being asymptomatic, right. completely asymptomatic, and spent several minutes on the fact that uh, the aerosolization of a 5-micron particle beyond two millimeters may be a significant factor. In other words, we have to social distance even more and so forth. <clears throat> but what they were talking about was, uh, you know, some studies with a five-micron particle in a vacuum being uh, thrown out mechanically uh, and, and reaching a point, uh, you know, more than six feet. Uh, there's millions and millions and billions and billions of particles floating around. And, and so it, the, uh, you know, importance of that uh, is, 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 escapes me, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, so, you know, when you, when you look at the fact that the CDC and the NIH hold patents on vaccines and have rules that allow some principal investigators to profit, it, it's quite interesting to, to hear, you know, how the narrative is being pushed. That being said, we're trying everything we can uh, to uh, minimize the impact. When I look at the numbers, the mortality rate is, is a, about 3%. And if you look at uh, a separation of uh, states, because the United States is not a cohesive nation, there's a, a lot of different you know, people with a lot of different backgrounds, you take out some states from the mix and uh, – we're not doing bad, you know. There's six states in particular, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, uh, Washington, D.C. is counted as a state in the statistics. Uh, and um, if you take those states out of the mix, uh, the um, deaths per uh, population, 100,000 population, uh, the United States does incredibly well versus yeah. the rest of the world. So, you know, it's, it's a very interesting thing. So, uh, Doctor, I, you know, I think about th this, and uh, the headlines today was coronavirus uh, kills a, a lot of people in, in July, as, as opposed to saying that the curve has been flattened. That was the big concern about overwhelming the health care system, and that was the objective. Let's flatten the curve, you may recall. Uh, but w now we're talking about the number of cases. Well, the number of cases is down, and now they're focusing on what happened in July. I mean, it, to me, it's a lot of fear and I saw a statistic that showed that we have about a thousand people die per million around the world uh, from the flu and about 56 per million die from coronavirus. And half of those are in uh, long-term care facilities. So to me, I mean, I, I just wonder why we're fanning the, the flames of fear about all this. 
Well, that's kind of what I'm alluding to with Fauci, who, you know, if you've ever met an epidemiologist or virologist, they're very pessimistic people Yeah, uh, that rely on, you know, modeling that oftentimes is wrong. Um, you know, if you talk to people in the trenches and on the ground and, and, you know, clinicians that treat patients, it's a far different thing. When you looked at the list of the 100,000 mark, which was a while ago that was published in the New York Times, you look at that list, people are 80, 85, 90 years old, predominantly. Right. And and now we're at 157, 160, and that's a long time ago that I saw that list, you know. So and the other thing is that there there's many many of these tests and many have false positives. Mm-hmm. And the uh deaths that are attributed to coronavirus are likely inflated mm-hmm. because of various factors. And so you put everything together, and you can either look at it optimistically, uh, especially if you take out some of the states that I mentioned that I think initially the response was flawed, um, and you look at who runs those states, mostly mm-hmm. in the Northeast, and then you look at uh, you know measured, sensible approaches, like I think we've had in our state, certainly our community, and you have a completely different picture than what's being pushed. Yeah. You know, Doctor, I'm so grateful that you brought that up. Uh, The governor, I think, has done a great job. Under a lot of pressure from the press and from others of saying, why don't you have masks mandatory? We want mandatory masks. You know, he said, nope, not going to do that. Uh, And he watched the numbers go up in terms of the number of cases, but he held firm on watching the leveling the curve, again, back to the preserving the healthcare system so it's not overwhelmed. That was his focus. And now we're seeing the number of cases go down. Now, no assurance that that's going to continue, but it seems to me right now that that's what's happening is this this thing is petering out. Well, we'll see about that. But <clears throat> some of the things that make sense, whether coronavirus was around or not. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when you think about schools and the fact that the, the kid goes to school and the mother pushes him out of the car with snot running down his nose with a high <laughs> fever going to play in, you know, in first grade. Yeah. And, and now, uh, you know, a fever of 99 is causing all kinds of alarm. You know, it, it's just irrational. Yeah. And <clears throat> I think we have to get back to the fundamentals and the understanding and, and, and just being reasonable about uh a illness that will take its course. And like you said, it will peter out. It's just a matter of time. All of these things peter out once you reach herd immunity. If you get enough people exposed, 68 to 80% of the population, <clears throat> the coronavirus and any other virus is going to run out of you know people that it can affect. Mm-hmm. And so statistically, it will go down. Um, but what is, it be- what is happening is that... Um, People don't understand uh, what's being promulgated by their leaders because it's unclear and oftentimes inaccurate. And that politicization of this is a travesty, in my view. So hopefully, better heads will prevail and people will work together. I mean, who doesn't believe in washing their hands and staying away from people that are coughing and hacking? Uh, you know, and if you got to wear a mask in a nursing home or some you know area where there's going to be a lot of viral circulation, okay, that's fine. Yeah. You know, I wear a mask every day when I do surgery, so you know, it, it makes perfect sense to me. 
Well, you know, and certainly you do that, of course, for to, to t make sure that the patient's not infected with anything, especially when you have open wounds and so forth. But I'm wondering, uh, there are two sides to the effectiveness of masks, and I just wonder about, you know, one of the way that, ways that we get rid of waste in our bodies is through breathing, right? <laughs> I wonder about keeping that stuff smashed up against your face. Absolutely. You know, masks... Uh, there's controversy to masks, mm -hmm. and you just brought up an excellent point, Bob, in terms of breathing and, and having the carbon dioxide re-enter and, and, you know, the cleanliness of the mask. There is also downsides to vaccines. Yeah. And uh, thinking that this vaccine uh, is going to be the panacea that, that brings society completely back to some form of nirvana is is crazy quite yeah. frankly look at the flu vaccine there's some statistics that suggest that it makes things actually worse right uh now a high risk population probably should get the flu vaccine just like they should get a safe well-researched vaccine uh for coronavirus which is the simplest virus that we've learned you know back in medical school um but to think that it's going to be a magic bullet as opposed to sensible things, in addition to having a healthier population that boosters their immune system through reasonable things like nutrition, sleep, uh, managing stress, and so forth, exercise, staying outside, things like that, you know, is, is ludicrous. Yeah, I agree. You know, one of the things we have to do, remember to do, because I think a lot of people have this edgy anger that they're carrying around with them and having a chip on their shoulder about all this thing is, you know, quite frankly, laugh out loud, smile, hug a loved one, you know, <laughs> and get your life back to order, demonstrate some level of uh, gratitude for all the great things that we have in our lives right now, because this will pass. Absolutely. That is such a great message. Be grateful. Yeah. You know, the studies have shown walking outside and having gratitude and being grateful and treating people well and giving back and taking care of one another, that's what makes a life worth living. Doctor, I just appreciate you so much. Again, you've helped me so much. And again, if, if you have aches or pains or you've got joints that aren't working properly, uh, Dr. George Markovich is a miracle worker, quite frankly, in my view. 482-5399 is the office for Dr. Markovich and the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. 482-5399. Doctor, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Bob. Have my, a great day. You as well. Thank you. Uh, Dr. Markovich is one of the most important people in my life. We've just developed a great friendship, and I appreciate him so much. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with another great friend, the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs> Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Do you or a family member suffer from chronic pain in your knees, hips, or shoulders? Joint pain can be a nagging and serious problem requiring expert and compassionate care. I know I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. Until 2006, I was suffering debilitating pain and deformity in my knees. I couldn't enjoy biking or golf or even sleep without chronic pain as a constant companion. Thanks to Dr. George Markovich and the professional staff at the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, my pain is gone, and I'm back to doing the activities I enjoy with no pain. I have a lifestyle I can only imagine. 
imagined prior to knee surgery, and you can too. Call the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. They will thoroughly evaluate your condition, provide personalized, state-of-the-art treatment, and help you relieve your pain and get back to your active lifestyle. At the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, your care will be professionally managed through every phase of your recovery. For an initial consultation, call the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, located off Tamiami Trail in Bonita Springs at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. You listen to the Bob Hart market your company to our loyal listeners. Ads are played live on each show and then archived so listeners can hear the show and your ad at their convenience. Each advertising package includes a banner on BobHarden.com with a link to your website at no extra charge. Join Lulabee's Diner, Johnson's Air Conditioning, Blue Provence, and many others who advertise on the show. Call me at 598-3889 that's 598-3889 or send an email to BobHarden at Hotmail.com to design an ad program that's just right for your business and your budget. You'll be pleasantly surprised at the cost and the value. Several advertisers have been with me for years. Find out why by calling 598-3889 or send me an email to bobharden at hotmail.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability, creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. And it is a moral imperative. You can find out by visiting the website, thefga.org. We have with us the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Mayor Bill, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, Bob, as, as always, no matter where we are, Okay, except when you're on your jazz cruise, we talk on Thursdays, that's, right? That's exactly right. So, I mean, <laughs> you're, you're up there on a beautiful lake in the, in the New York State. Uh, how was your trip up? Trip up with uh, with a with a bulldog and uh, and two cats was uneventful, which is really a nice thing to say. Um, and it's funny, Bob. You know, we were wondering about the traffic, whether we were going to see a lot, or you know, everybody said people aren't traveling. Um, uh, and and so it was curious all the way up, but we literally had no there there was there was traffic okay uh, yeah but no backups no slow ups um, um, and it was hard to tell if there were if there were less people on the road and the places that you would tell was like when we when you go through Charlotte sure um, and it was there were there were quite a few people on the road there but there but that's one of those places there always is but I thought. Well, if there isn't a lot, we would know. But nice trip up. Uh, decent weather would beat the weather from that storm. And, uh, yeah, and, and settled in, and we're kind of uh, hibernating um, because, you know, we had, to, we had to quarantine. So we don't mind at all. We have family here, and it's just kind of nice. So, oh. so no complaints. So uh, you weren't stopped by, by uh, the mayor of <laughs> No, I didn't. No, She'd find $10,000. So, so listen, yeah, you know, you, you talk about that, but, but it's really funny because, you know, Chris was, was like, um, you know, all the way up, well, oh my gosh, I said, listen, do you realize, first of all, it's not the law enforcement or police that are doing it, it's the health department, okay, that's their in charge of it, yeah. and they wouldn't in a million years have enough, enough manpower to be able to check on, on every person or whether they, when you fly in, you're supposed to fill out a form. Um, and, and th- there's no way they can check. I mean, they yeah. text us every day, 
uh, we get a text, and, and it just simply says, number one, for new symptoms, and number two, for, for uh, no symptoms, and that's all you do is text back. But you could be literally be anywhere. I'm not telling you how to scam the system, but no. I'm just simply saying they, they can't. I, I don't know why they pass some of these things, Bob, because there's no way, and there's nobody at the borders or anything like that. There's so many ways in. You know? know, well, yeah, but, it brings a good question. Uh, the uh, city of Naples decided not to go along with the, the county, the unincorporated area of Alcalia County, in uh, requiring masks. In uh, out, and when and, people are going into public places, any thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, won't be a popular answer. I don't want Linda Harden to be listening to me because then I'm going to get <laughs> then I'm going to get blasted. But listen. <laughs> Um, if if I if I had been mayor then and I was sitting there, okay, and you're supposed to go into these meetings um, with with some open thoughts, okay, yeah. and and no matter what they say, Bob, you always have uh, an opinion one way or the other going in. I don't care what how neutral I tell you you're supposed to be, no matter what of you course. do, because it's human nature, right. human nature. When the people from Gulf Shore Boulevard North, okay, the GSAC, which represents like. 4,400 um, you know, units and the people, and they made a very impassioned plea because of their age, okay, which is true, all right, the age on Gulf Shores, average age is probably well over 70, okay, mm -hmm. and they said, we really need this. Um, that would have swayed me, no doubt, whichever way, it would, if I was thinking the other way, because it's true. And, you know, a lot of them w went away, obviously, and are not there, but there are still a lot of people that are there and um, that, that just didn't go for a lot of reasons. They didn't want to go anywhere else for, you know, I mean, take chance. And that that would have, have absolutely swayed me to pass it. Look, it's just, I, I know we talk about this every week, and maybe next week we'll figure out a new subject, but we probably won't. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just, I think it's just a matter of, I know there are people that are vehemently against it. Don't wear it if you're vehement, vehemently against it. But I think a lot of the businesses in Naples that I have uh, uh, seen before, before we left and everything have put the signs up regardless that, look, you know, you, know, you come in here, you must wear a mask. Well, um, you know, so, so, you know, I don't know. So, Bill, I mean, I think that's appropriate. I mean, the, the, what, the, what the President of the United States has said, and he's had a lot of pressure, he should have masks or mandatory. He basically said, you know, I, I encourage you to wear a mask. If you can't socially distance, wear a mask. So why right. not just use your bully pulpit? Why not just say, encourage people? I would much rather a neighbor come up to me and say, you know what, I'd really appreciate it if you'd, use, if you'd wear a mask. Re right. I, I'm really concerned. I'd probably do it for that person. But to make a rule or a law with punishment and all that nonsense... That to me is just very I'm, offensive. I'm okay with a. With, I'm not okay with punishment. Yeah. But I. Uh, but 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 you could. That can be tempered down. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. And, and you're right. And I think that's what it is. But I'll tell you what. Up here, um, you know, and we're we're really uh, we're in what's called South Towns. We're about 40 minutes from the city of Buffalo, and we're we're south of there. Okay, mm -hmm. in a little town. I have not seen one person in any of the stores, the grocery stores, anywhere else um, uh, around that is not not wearing a mask. And they don't make a very big deal out of it up here. They just wear them. Yeah. So, you know, I just guess it's, as I said, you and I talk, well, we can talk about it every Thursday for the next year. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> but I... People, I just, want, we, I just want this to go away, Bob. Oh, well, it's been around a long time, but what is it going on? Six months now that we've been putting up yeah. with this stuff. So, yeah. 
So, and you know, one more thing before you throw me off. You know, we lost <laughs> a firefighter um, in the city, um, and uh, it was it was tragic. He he had COVID, but there were some underlying conditions as well. But um, he they had uh, taken him to Orlando, um, and he passed uh, day before yesterday. I'm sorry, but uh, really good guy. You know, 55 years old and had been with the department. I think 23 years. I knew him. Um, and very sad to see. Very, very, very sad to see. Yeah. And the family and everything else. So, you know, when it hits close to home, <clears throat> you know, you, re- you just realize how, how nasty this disease is. Yeah. You know, but you mentioned something very important. If he had underlying conditions, I don't know what they were, whether it's diabetes or obesity or whatever it might be. Uh, the point being is that that's, those are the people that are typically vulnerable to the situation. And uh, True. we should do whatever we can to protect those people. Hopefully they'll do whatever they need to do to protect themselves. Well, that's true, you know, and it's kind of tough, you know. I mean, I don't know the conditions. I mean, I don't know what the situation was, so I'm not even going to get into that. But yeah. the, the bottom line is was just sad for us and for all the fire guys and police and everything else to see, you know, one of our own go like that. But, um, you know, um, but, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, as I say, this thing is, uh, I heard the numbers are starting to go down in Florida now. I, I don't know if you've heard anything like that or not. Well, they, they, like the defi- they definitely are going down to our, our high point. I think it was July the 13th. We were having right. 220 cases a day in Collier County. It's now right. down to about 120. So, uh, the, oh, that's good. Yeah, the numbers are dropping good. in terms of cases, but the, 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 uh, the most important thing, which I really appreciate the governor's looking at, is uh, leveling the curve in terms of health care. And we have, right. I think, something like 30% of our beds available for ICU as well as regular beds in the hospital. So we're nowhere near capacity. In fact, I'm quite certain the hospitals would like to see more business. Yeah, because people are afraid. Yeah, you know, and for for other conditions, and that was the thing. So, well, I don't know but, about you, but I put off I put off going to the doctor just because uh, uh, I did not. You didn't? No, Good no. I got I got all my I got my physical. I got everything done that I needed to get to get done. I was not putting it off, and they were very careful in the doctor's office and said, you know, any symptoms, this and that, and the other thing. But now we got our clear health check, so I'm um, I'm. Um, Good till the next Bob Harden show. <laughs> well, that's good to hear. <laughs> Mayor Bill, I just genuinely appreciate your friendship as well as uh, your time here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. <clears throat> well, me too, Bob, and have a great, great day, all right? You as well. Bob. Thank you, Bill. Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I always appreciate your comments. I send out a newsletter after each show, and if you'd like to get on the list and subscribe, just send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. BobHardenHotmail.com. Also, uh, always appreciate your comments, and uh, I get some some really interesting ones. So, again, give me your thoughts. I'd like to hear them. BobHarden at Hotmail.com. Tomorrow, we're going to w- visit with William Yateman. He is a research fellow at the Cato Institute. We're also going to visit with uh, Michael Cannon. He is with Cato as well. We're going to be talking. He's a uh, insurance and healthcare expert fellow at the uh, Cato Institute. And uh, look forward to get his thoughts about what's happening with regard to insurance. We'll also uh, visit with Dave Bigo. Dave is the uh, author of The Devil at Our Doorstep. He'll be with us as well. I hope you make it a great... Oh, by the way, and if you enjoy the show, tell your friends. And if you don't enjoy it, uh, send me a note and tell me why. I appreciate it. Again, I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Namaste.
Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.